0: Hey, what is going on, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Kudajar, and in this episode, we're diving into the Mets series win over the Phillies. All right, and welcome back to the Mets Talk Podcast. Like I just said, I'm your host, Greg Cuttajar, and I can't wait to get back into talking about the New York Mets. So, welcome back to another series recap and review episode. Yesterday, the Mets finished off a huge series win over the Philadelphia Phillies in Philadelphia, a huge four-game set. Mets were able to take three out of four and, and, you know, just, just some great performances, a very, very exciting final game, so I'm really excited to get into all of that. In the first half of this episode, I'm going to be breaking down each game as usual looking at the pitching and hitting performances and then in the second half I want to break down some of the massive performances the Mets have gotten from some of their young guys who have been recently called up so I'm really excited to get into this series so let's jump into it starting with game one of this series on Friday night the Mets won seven to two behind a really strong performance from Chris Bassett you know Bassett his last outing came against the Phillies last Sunday he had a really nice performance in that game against the Phillies as well, and in this game, he had a great outing. He went six innings, gave up just two runs, he had four strikeouts, just did a really nice job navigating this lineup, which had Kyle Schwerber back in it. He really only ran into trouble in the fifth inning, where Schwarber, who I just mentioned, uh, singled and drove home two runs but he was really able to navigate this lineup very well. He had multiple one-two-three innings coming in the first inning as well as in the third. He also worked around trouble in the second inning, working around a two-out triple, not allowing any runs to come home. And, you know, I mentioned in the fifth inning, he did allow two to come home, but was able to limit damage. It could have been much, much worse with two on, no out. And, you know, to work out of that inning, only allowing two to come home, just a huge job by Bassett there. So just a really great outing. Exactly what the Mets needed to get this series started right. And behind him, the bullpen did a really nice job as well. Adam pitched a scoreless inning, had a strikeout, allowed two hits, but was able to get out of his inning scoreless. Jueli Rodriguez had an awesome outing, pitching an inning on just 10 pitches one strikeout, no runners allowed, awesome job by Rodriguez, and then Trevor May came in, similarly, 10 pitches, shutting down the the Phillies and getting the final three outs of this game in the ninth, huge job by the bullpen there to back up Bassett, and just a really nice job by the pitching staff in this game. Looking at the offense, the Bats did a really nice job hitting throughout the game, adding on when they needed to, Starling Marte had two hits. Francisco Lindor had three hits. And Pete Alonso really had the biggest game. He went two for five and had three runs batted in two of them coming on a huge three-run homer. The scoring started for the Mets in the first inning. They got got on the board quick thanks to an Alonso fielder's choice driving home his 100th RBI of the season, which was a really exciting moment to see for Pete. Then in the third inning, Alonso homer driving home two like I mentioned and the Mets kept it going. That homer came with two outs. But the Mets kept it going after that. After Alonzo's homer, a Vogelback double, and then a McNeil single added another run, putting them up 4 nothing. Then in the fifth inning, the Mets had an extremely exciting play where Lindor and Marte executed a perfect double steal. Lindor got the throw to go down the second base as Marte, who was on third base, stole home. He beat the throw to the plate and scored the Mets' fifth run of the game. You know, just showing off the speed that the Mets have as well as some really nice base running there to execute that double steal and to add another run on. And then after the Phillies came back and, like I mentioned, scored two, Brett Beatty with two outs and two strikes singled with the bases loaded scoring two more runs getting them right back and putting the Mets up seven to two like I mentioned the Mets scored throughout the game in this game you know in the first third fifth and seventh innings it's exactly what you want to do you don't want to let up at any point and you know behind such a nice pitching performance for them to keep adding on was huge and got the Mets the game one win and started this four game set off on the right foot. And the Mets kept it going in Game 1 of the doubleheader on Saturday, where they won 8-2. So on the mound for the Mets in this game was Trevor Williams, and he came up clutch. A huge spot for him with the Mets being down Carrasco and Walker and also just having a doubleheader. So, you know, the need to have an extra pitcher come in there. He went out there, pitched four scoreless innings, had three strikeouts, gave up four hits and two walks, but just a really nice performance from Williams. You know, he looks strong out there, like I mentioned, scoreless scoreless through four innings, exactly what the Mets needed. He pitched into the fifth, but was taken out. You know, he had 71 pitches, which, you know, obviously starters usually go a little longer than that, but I was perfectly fine with him coming out. He's been a reliever for the past, you know, six weeks, past couple months, so, you know, don't want to push him too hard. Obviously, he's been huge out of the pen for the Mets, but just a really huge spot for him coming in, making this spot start, and performing the way he did, pitching all the way into the fifth, scoreless, awesome job. Behind him, Seth Lugo followed up with one and a third really nice innings he gave up one hit one run three strikeouts those three strikeouts came in the fifth after williams walked a batter lugo came in and struck the next three guys out and at that point the mets were winning two nothing so all of those those batters were the tying run and lugo went and worked right through them getting those three strikeouts so a huge spot for him joely rodriguez came in to relieve lugo in the sixth inning after lugo gave up a one-out single Rodriguez did give up a double, which moved the runner to third, and then a sacrifice fly, but was able to get a pop out and limited the damage there. Did a nice job working out of a jam, coming in with a runner on, and he ultimately pitched one and two-thirds innings of scoreless ball, so just a really nice job by Rodriguez there. Back-to-back outings for Rodriguez there, where he had really nice performance. Ottavino came in, also back-to-back in this game, and he pitched a scoreless inning with two strikeouts. Really nice job by him there. And then Sam Clay, minor league arm, came in. He had a tough inning. He did give up a hit and a walk. He did have some rough defense behind him, two errors, which allowed two more runners to get on. Ultimately, though, he only allowed one run to come home, so was able to limit damage. He did have a bit of a tough inning, but you know, at this point, the Mets were winning 8-1, so just a really nice job by him to finish off this game, even though it, it wasn't as easy as you would have liked it. And turning to the offense, the Mets did another nice job. You know, in that first game, they were facing Aaron Nola, who held them to just one run last time out. And in this game, they were facing Zach Wheeler, who they did get to him last week when they met Wheeler, but in this game, they were able to get to him as well, driving that pitch count up, forcing him out of the game early, and driving home four runs against him in the fifth and sixth innings. Brandon Nimo went two for four. He had two doubles, which you love to see. Also drove in a run and walked. Starling Marte went three for four with an RBI and a walk. Francisco Lindor scored two runs, Jeff McNeil went 3-for-5, driving home two, and Michael Perez drove home two runs with his first hit as a New York Met. Those runs came in the fifth inning, a huge spot for Perez, with one out and two runners on, he singled to right field, scoring two, huge spot to put the Mets up 2-0 there, and then in the next inning, a Lindor RBI triple and a McNeil single scored two more runs, putting the Mets up 4-0 in the sixth you know, at that point, like I mentioned, that was all against Wheeler, one of the better pitchers, one of the best pitchers in both the NL and MLB, so for the Mets to get that kind of production and offensive production off of him, you know, in the fifth and sixth innings, knock him out of the game, just a really nice, you know, testament to this offense, always grinding, always fighting, and the Mets kept adding on, they added on four runs in the ninth inning, thanks to a Nimmo double, a Marte single, and a rough sack fly. And then after the Phillies turned to a position player with the, the Mets up seven to one, McNeil singled scoring another run there. So just consistent fighting, consistent, you know, hitting there in the top of the ninth. The Mets were up four to one at that point and were looking like You know, they were going to probably turn to Diaz in the bottom of the ninth, but the offense made sure they didn't need to get Diaz into this game one of the doubleheader, instead scoring four runs in the ninth inning and just doing a nice job moving the line, everyone contributing, and, you know, taking advantage when they could and, and, you know, getting runs home when they needed to. However, the Mets' winning streak in this series was stopped in Game 2 when the Mets fell 4-1 to the Phillies in the nightcap of the Saturday doubleheader. David Peterson was on for the Mets. He pitched 4-2 innings. He had a bit of a tough start, but honestly, it was not, you know, it could have been a lot worse, I think. that's That's really the best way to describe it. He gave up 8 hits and 2 walks, but only allowed 3 earned runs. He had 6 strikeouts, and he worked out of a ton of jams. The biggest spot specifically where Peterson came up clutch was in the fourth inning when after two singles to start off the inning and then a sacrifice moved runners to second and third, he was able to get out of the inning with a grounder and a flyout. To ensure no runs came home in a spot where it looked like the, the Phillies were definitely about to extend their lead, which was 3-1 at that point. I thought Peterson, you know, he looked shaky. He definitely didn't look like he had his best stuff. But considering the amount of runners that were on base when he was pitching, I thought he did a nice job limiting damage. Then behind him, Steven Negosic pitched two great innings. He pitched an inning in two-thirds, gave up one hit. One walk, no runs, and had two strikeouts. His biggest spot came in the fifth inning when, after Peterson, I thought, did a nice job navigating. You know, he gave up a leadoff double and was able to get two strikeouts, but an infield single and a walk loaded the bases for Negosic Coming in, two outs, bases loaded, and was able to get a huge strikeout of Matt Vierling, which kept the Mets at just a two-run deficit. And then in the sixth inning, he got two quick outs, but unfortunately... A drop strike three allowed Schwarber to get the first, a walk, and then a fielding error, loaded the bases again, and negosic was able to get a soft liner, which Jeff McNeil made an insane diving catch to save a couple runs and get Nagosic out of that jam. So, you know, negosic navigating some some pretty tough jams there as well, and was able to make sure no runs came home while he was pitching. After negosic who unfortunately was just placed on the IL with an oblique strain, Rob Zastrinsky came in, he pitched an inning, he gave up one hit, one run, he did have a strikeout, his one run came after Schwarber tripled, which took him out of the game, and then Michael Givens gave up a single, which drove home the run off of him, but Givens was able to end the inning, even after giving up that hit, thanks to a caught stealing of Hoskins there, which ended the day for the Mets, pitching-wise, overall, I thought the pitching staff did a solid job, I mean, four runs in this game, You know, despite all the traffic that was... Uh, you know, on the bases, the Phillies went four for 17 with runners in scoring position. The Mets were able to limit the Phillies, but offensively turning to the bats now, there was not really much going. And I think you could just sense the exhaustion from this team. They had just played, you know, now this was their third game in two days. And on top of that, they left Atlanta at night on Thursday night. So they had, you know, come in late, got to Philadelphia late, had to play the the night game, and then the early game one of the doubleheader before even playing this game. And I think you could just tell they were wiped out. The Mets only went over three with runners in scoring position. They really didn't have many runners on base. They walked four times, and they had three hits, those three hits coming from Lindor, McNeil, and Marcana Lindor scored the Mets only run that came on a wild pitch in the first inning. Mets took an early one-nothing lead but just really couldn't get much going. Obviously it was disappointing because the pitcher for the Phillies was Bailey Falter, a guy who is sort of been there like spot starter from AAA and someone who after beating Nola and Wheeler in games 1 and 2 of the series, you thought maybe the Mets would be able to take more advantage of, you know, the young less experienced pitcher, but you know, I I really was just watching this and thinking, hmm, these guys look wiped out. They really don't look like they're, you know, fired up in this game. But in the end, it was just a really, really tough game in this one. Thought that the Mets could come out with the win, but it's obviously tough to to sweep a doubleheader. But the Mets were able to win an absolute thriller on Sunday, winning 10-9 to over the Phillies. On the mound for the Mets was... Jose Buto making his MLB debut and things did not go how he would have liked them to go. He pitched four innings, gave up nine hits and seven runs. He walked two but did have five strikeouts. The majority of his runs came on two three-run home runs that he gave up to Alec Bohm. One of those came in the first and one of them came in the fourth. You know, I thought that he battled, and I'm going to get more into Butoh in the second half. I thought he battled and did a nice job there, but obviously a tough, tough first outing and MLB debut for him. But behind him, there was another MLB debut in Nate Fisher making his major league debut as a reliever, and he came in and gave the Mets three clutch innings, pitched three scoreless of one hit, two walk, one strikeout ball, didn't allow any runners to come home, and gave the Mets exactly what they needed, you know, providing a bridge to Trevor May and Edwin Diaz, and, you know, in this game, the Mets battled back multiple times from, you know, multi-run deficits, four-run deficit, a three-run deficit, and without his you know outstanding job keeping the phillies off the board making sure that you know they didn't tack on any more runs to put the mets away I mean, this this insane comeback would not have been possible. So just an amazing job there, an awesome job by Nate Fisher in his MLB debut. I'm also going to be talking about him more in the second half. Then after Fisher, Trevor May came in. He pitched an inning, gave up two hits, one run, no walks, no strikeouts. May came in in a really big spot in the eighth inning. The Mets were tied. It was 7-7, and the first batter he faced, he gave up a home run to Gene Segura. And, you know, that was definitely difficult. It was frustrating because, you know, Segura has always killed the Mets. And you just needed May to get through that inning, you know, get it back to the offense to, to you know, try and fight back and get that lead. But fortunately there, he, he squandered it, but was able, even after a single a couple batters later, to, to get out of that inning. So a nice job there, just working around that jam. He was in after the home run, but... Obviously, the home run is a little frustrating there, and you you'd hope, you hope that he can, you know, ensure that doesn't happen in the future, but he was able to limit major damage, and I guess that is, you know, the silver lining there. And then, finally, Edwin Diaz came in, he pitched an inning, did give up a run on two hits, and gave up a walk, but had a huge strikeout to end this game. This was definitely a tough inning for Diaz. You could tell he was shaking the rust off a bit. He he hadn't pitched in in a couple of days, but you know, was able to work out of a jam, something that the Mets pitchers did a lot of in this series. Gave up two singles to start off the inning on back-to-back pitches. The the Phillies were ambushing him and then got a deep fly out which moved the runner from second base to third, and then one batter later, a sack fly, getting the, the second out of the inning, scored that run. But after a walk to Gene Segura, the, the Phillies put the tying run at second base, which brought up Derek Hall against Edwin Diaz, and he did a great job striking him out looking, dotting the inside corner with his four-seam fastball. I wouldn't say that Diaz had his best stuff that you know we've seen this season, but he was able to make it work, despite, you know, The Phillies getting some hits off of him. Despite runners getting on, you know, he stuck in there and was able to mentally stay strong and help lock down this game and get this save, his 28th of the year. And turning to the offense, I mean, this was a huge, huge game for the Mets. They could have split the series. And, and you know, as much as I said in in the last episode that I would be happy with a split because obviously four-game sets are hard to win, after winning the first two against Nola and Wheeler, it would have been extremely frustrating to have dropped this game and, you know, end this series with the split losing the last two of four but the offense came through first of all they've done what they've done in the the past couple of games in working the phillies pitchers working kyle gibson out of this game after just four and a third innings making a pitch 105 pitches and also you know looking at the offense everyone came up clutch for this team everyone in the starting lineup had a hit outside of brett Beatty, who did score a run starling Marte had three hits francisco lindor had two hits Vogelback had two hits, McNeil and Canna each had three hits, and Canna had the biggest day of all, driving home five runs with two clutch homers in the seventh and ninth innings. Brandon Nimmo also went one for five with a homer in that ninth inning, which ultimately ended up being the the, the game decider in this one-run game. So the Mets, like I mentioned, were down early after Butoh struggled in the first inning, down early for nothing, but were able to battle back in the second, thanks to a Perez single, which scored two runs. Then, in the third, Vogelback scored Marte, helping the Mets get a little bit closer, making it 4-3. And then finally, in the fourth, the Mets knotted things up with a Marte single, scoring Michael Perez, making it 4-4. But in the bottom of the inning, a bomb home run made it 7-4, and the Mets were down by three runs right away. You know, right after they came back, did a nice job battling back, the, the lead was immediately lost. But the Mets didn't let that stop them. After a rain delay and, you know, a, just a really long game. I mean, this was a five-plus-hour game, you know, the rain delay included. But it would have been close to five hours without that rain delay. Um, but in the seventh inning, still down 7-4, to four, two runners on and one out. Mark Canna crushed a home run, 345 feet to left field, scoring three and tying it up. And then, like I mentioned, the lead had been lost. The Mets were down by one run going into the ninth inning. But a McNeil double set up a scoring opportunity for Mark Canna. And once again, he came through hitting a homer 389 feet. Two runs, a go-ahead shot, putting the Mets up nine eight, and then two batters later, after a pitching change, Brandon Nimmo crushed a homer three ninety eight to right field, adding another insurance run. Which, after Diaz gave up one run in the bottom of the ninth, proved to be a huge, huge home run for the Mets. So, just an awesome job by by Canna, an awesome job by this team, never giving up. You know, with the rookie on the mound having a tough first inning. You know, the Mets could have rolled over, said, "Hey, we'll settle for the split," but you know, they battled all the way to the end and finished off their season series against the Philadelphia Phillies in style. So now that I've gone over these four games, I want to take a quick break. And when I get back, I want to dive into some of the contributors that the Mets have recently called up to the big leagues and how they've done really helping this team in some really huge spots. Alright, and welcome back. So now that I've gone over the four games of this Philly series, and you know, this finished off the Mets season series against the Philadelphia Phillies, the Mets went 14-5 and against the Phillies this year and had some crazy games, you know, the, the no-hitter, the second no-hitter in Mets history, the seven-run comeback... The, the Nick Plummer game with him tying the game up in the bottom of the ninth inning and then Escobar walking it off in extras. And then yesterday, you know, adding on there just some really exciting games against the Phillies and just an awesome job by the Mets against one of their division rivals. But I want to dive into some of the contributors and some of the help the Mets have received recently from the young guys because the Mets have been dealing with a bunch of injuries, a tough schedule in terms of just when games are played. I mean, they played a four-game set against the Braves and then right into a four-game set against the Phillies with a doubleheader in there. You factor in the injuries the Mets dealt with on on Monday and Tuesday to their pitching staff and the amount of innings that the bullpen has had to pitch, high leverage innings, I mean, against the Braves and against the Phillies, and going back to the Phillies series last weekend, I mean, those were all high leverage spots that you were having your relievers go into. And, you know, those those are tough. Those are tough games, and it's a tough ask to have, you know, those guys go and and go out there every day. The Mets are dealing with injuries to the lineup in terms of Guillaume and Escobar and even McNeil, who's been playing. But still, you can tell he's dealing with that laceration on his finger. Um The Mets have now suffered an injury in the bullpen with Nagosik going down. You know, this has been a tough spot for the Mets, and this weekend was definitely difficult, especially with that doubleheader. But the Mets have received a lot of help from young guys, guys who the Mets have called up from the minor leagues to help out this Major League squad. The first guy I want to discuss is Brett Beatty. So I talked about him last episode about how clutch it was for him to come up and and give the Mets that jolt to their lineup and you know he's definitely slowed up a little bit he's definitely you know having just kind of some growing pains I'd say getting used to the big leagues but I think that a having him in the lineup just in and of itself is a jolt showing that the Mets are not you know the Mets front office is not afraid to call up one of your top guys and say hey You know, this lineup needs some help. Well, why don't we just get one of our highly regarded guys to join the team? And also, you know, the fact that he came in and hit that home run and, you know, looked so comfortable at the plate to start – um just huge for this team and and in this series you know he jumped out and helped the Mets two huge insurance runs in game one did a really nice job working the count was a 2-2 count you know the first pitch he saw was a really nice you know spit on it pitch in the dirt and he did a nice job not biting in a big spot there with the bases loaded and you know after the the Phillies had just scored two runs a couple innings before it was huge for him to come through there and drive home those runs so I just want to shout Brett Beatty out there you know Coming in clutch for the Mets multiple times now so far in just his short stint in the majors. So, exciting to have him up. The other guy I want to want to give a shout out to is Jose Buto. You know, obviously he did not have an ideal MLB debut. You know, giving up the seven runs, two home runs there, two three-run home runs. In the first inning specifically, just really struggled with both command and getting guys out. But like Ron Darling said in, on the SMI broadcast yesterday, he went four innings. He didn't go, you know, a third of an inning. He didn't go one inning. He gave you four innings, and I think that in and of itself is huge. The dig didn't go the way he wanted, and, you know, he didn't go the way the Mets wanted. You wanted him, obviously, to have a nice, successful debut, I'd say. But I think the fact that he pitched four, four innings in, as I mentioned, you know, with all the stuff that the Mets are dealing with in their in their pitching staff, I think going four innings is a success. That's huge for this Mets team. And after all of the innings the Mets have pitched recently and their bullpen has pitched, for him to stick in there after that rough first inning, you know, to pitch two scoreless innings in the second and third inning. And obviously he had a tough fourth, but for him to go as long as he did, ended up getting five strikeouts. So, you know, was able to, you know, find some success in there as well. And as much as, you know, his debut will kind of go down as a really tough debut, his ability to stay in there and hang in there goes down as a success in my book. And then the final guy I want to look at is Nate Fisher because it's just such an amazing story and he had such a great outing yesterday in his MLB debut as well. So, for Fisher, he has such an amazing story getting to the big leagues. He went into banking in his hometown and was working at a bank after COVID made his minor league career an uncertainty. He wasn't sure how COVID was going to affect his minor league career, so he went into banking in Omaha, but he worked his way back into the sport last year, and he finally made his MLB debut yesterday, and he he came up clutch as i mentioned going over the game provided the mets three scoreless innings just one hit and two walks allowed and all of this happened with a rain delay happening right smack in the middle of his outing you know for a rookie to not only pitch as well as he did but to also do it before and after a rain delay i mean there's there's veterans who have trouble with coming out after a rain delay and throw good stuff you know vets have trouble you know with that break in there and with that that delay throwing off their timing throwing off their mechanics throwing off their their schedule but for fisher to pitch both into and out of that delay and to give the mets the scoreless innings that he did you know like buto provided the mets pen with much needed innings and, and acted as a bridge to the vet relievers who had some rest in may and diaz you know just a huge spot for him and Just a huge spot for this team and all of these guys. You know, for a team to be successful, they need depth. They need people to come up clutch and to provide moments, both moments, but also to provide them innings, provide them, you know, serviceable play. And that's what all of these guys have done. And and a lot of them have done better than serviceable play. You know, if they've done what they've needed to do, and for young guys to be called up and to provide this team fighting for the postseason with the the level of play that they have, it's been huge and it's been exciting to watch. So, you know, I just want to give a shout out and hats off to all of those guys for coming up clutch for the Mets. Looking ahead to the Mets' next series, the Mets are traveling to the Bronx for Part 2 of the Subway Series against the Yankees. On the mound for the Mets tonight will be Max Scherzer going up against Domingo Herman, who is one and 1-2 with a 4-4-5 ERA. And then tomorrow night, though nothing has officially been said yet because the Mets are still waiting to see what is going to happen with Taiwan Walker, how he's feeling, it has been reported that it's going to be Jacob deGrom on the mound for the Mets going up against Frankie Montas, who is 4-10 with a 3-8-7. ERA the Yankees as the Mets know are a tough team they have gone through a really rough patch recently you know just in August itself the the Yankees have really struggled but they got a huge home run yesterday from Andrew Benatendi to to give them a win over their rival in the Blue Jays so you know they're probably fired up and you know, it doesn't really matter how either of these teams are doing. The Subway Series is a huge game for both of them, bragging rights in the city. And also, you know, right now with both of these teams playing well this year, it's obviously just major bragging rights around baseball to be the the team that has won the Subway Series and dominates in New York. So, you know, it's going to be tough. I'm not going into the series. I'm not really considering anything that the Yankees have done recently in terms of their win-loss record. I think that no matter what, it's going to be a tough series. But as we saw last time in the the Subway Series, it's a really exciting time, really good energy with, with all the New York fans coming out. And I'm very excited for the second installment of the Subway Series. So that is going to be all for this episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I love interacting with other Mets and baseball fans. And you can reach me at my Twitter, at PodMets. Tweet me your thoughts about the Mets, about baseball. I love talking about the sport. So I'd love to hear from you all on Twitter, at PodMets. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Mets.